Thank you for joining us on episode 10 of the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations with some of her favorite people. They're talking about the issues that matter most to you. Overcoming Monday is a podcast designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. Now let's get started with an introduction to the episode. So Clayton... Hey, Shari. I busted my head open this week. Yeah, you ran into a door frame in the dark. And then what happened? You called me. It was 5.45 a.m. Shari called me on my mobile telephone. I was pulling in the parking lot at the YMCA with my two children, Jacob and Joseph, and my new adopted son, Quan. We were about to play full court basketball. By the way, I'm 45 and I play full court basketball three mornings a week with men way younger than me and I dominate sometimes. And Shari called me and said, can you come home and see if I need stitches? And I came home and you did not need stitches, but what did I give you? Well, you super glued my head shut. That's right. And and almost 19 years in marriage and I thought we'd experienced everything, but I've never until last week, super glued my wife's head because she had busted it wide open in the dark on a door frame together. Yeah, I thought I was going to pass out. But luckily, I was here today for you to co-host this Overcoming Monday with Zach and Ashley Dixon from Hope Town. Oh, we love them so much. They're a part of your podcast every mm-hmm. season. They're great friends of ours. Zach's a professional Christian counselor. Ashley is a stay-at-home mom and a part-time employee for one of our friends, Joe Sanglet. I was broke. Now I'm not. And they do ministry together, and they're raised and a beautiful little two-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've got a lot of great insight, especially on the on the struggles and issues that women face. Yeah, that's what we talked about today. So if you are a woman and you've ever faced a struggle, this podcast is for you. We're going to talk about how to overcome those struggles and also how to be there for women who are struggling. How, how can we minister to them? So without any hesitation, let's start this podcast episode of Overcoming Monday. Today, I'm honored to have my husband, Clayton King. Hey, y'all. And Zach and Ashley Dixon (laughs) from Hope Town. Hello. Um, For guests on Overcoming Monday, they are parents to a fun, smart, sweet baby girl, Everly. Um, Zach works full-time as a mental health clinician for the state of South Carolina, as well as seeing clients for their personal counseling organization called Hope Town. He speaks to churches and church leaders about hope and freedom. Ashley works part-time for I Was Broke But Now I'm Not, and she keeps the Dixon ship running and contributes to the content and scheduling for Hope Town. So y'all are here every season, and we're so glad to have you back. We love it. Back again. Mm -hmm. I think it says a lot about the Dixons that they are your constant for every season of Overcoming Monday podcast, you have the Dixons in every single season. They're pretty awesome. I like their voice. They have a great marriage Aww. and they're great people um, to get to know personally. And um, so this today's podcast is going to be is titled A Women's Greatest Struggle and How to Help. A Women's Greatest Struggle and How to Help. And the reason why I wanted to cover this subject is because I think that there are a lot of struggles that women have. Um, maybe some of them know what their struggles are, and maybe some of them just kind of can't put their finger on it. So mm-hmm. Zach and Ash are here today to kind of talk through some of those struggles with us. Um, we're hoping to give you tools to overcome those struggles. Um, if you don't even know what they are, maybe we'll pinpoint something for you. Um, but we just want to give you advice. But first, we... I want to get an update on y'all's sweet daughter, Everly. Everly, sorry. <laughs> Everly. Everly. Um, <laughs> yes. So last week, uh, last time we shared embarrassing moments, which were pretty awesome. Um, but this time, I'd love if you guys wanted to share about a crazy Evie story. I know that she's two years old now, so there's probably tons of them. Yes. So if you guys would just talk about her for a minute, I'll just laugh. Well, one comes to mind for me. I was actually just telling Shari and Shay this out in the hallway. Um, She's just developing this opinion. Like, I mean, and it makes sense. She's her own person. But she has very much stepped into being her own person. And she had her first tantrum 
this this past month, like first tantrum ever. And we, I literally thought something was physically wrong with her. Like, is is her kidney? Is something wrong with her kidney? Is it her <laughs> liver? Like, she was flailing, mm-hmm. screaming, and it took us so long to figure out what it was. But it's because I was painting my fingernails, <laughs> and she wanted her fingernails painted. Oh. And it took me a while to figure it out. And I then, know how that feels. Right? <laughs> right? You just, you just want yeah. painted fingernails too. I've never faced this challenge before. But I, I have to, I have to give uh, credit to my husband because he's the one who figured it out. Yeah, I saw it. I, I think yeah. I'd, I'd credit my counseling discernment. I, I knew, judging by her position of her hands and how they were in the air, <laughs> pointing at us, pointing at you, she wanted your... So we were... I forget what... Oh, we, were try, we were trying to get to my grandma's funeral. Yeah, we're trying to... <laughs> we were, oh, bless <laughs> yeah, your heart. It was, it it was, was like terrible. the most like... We were in the car. It was like, it was like one like of those like the of polar moment. opposite situations yeah. where we're trying to get to a funeral and then we also have a two-year-old who wants her fingernails painted. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh what do you, what do, you do? So we, we compromised. We compromised and said you could paint two fingers. Yes. So, and and so, that, that got us through that, that moment. Yeah. I feel like our kids are a little <laughs> bit like that too, although it's a little bit older. So... We got our phones upgraded, um, mm, oh. and Jacob's like, "What about us? Can we get upgrades? <laughs> Why can't we get upgrades?" And I've show me the money for whatever reason. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> when they become teenagers, they just decide that they have to have everything that you have because they're adults too. Yeah, um, and it's just hard. Families are hard, man. That fairness thing mm. it plays in so big. Oh yeah, and isn't it funny when you look at your kid and you realize, man, this child is a sinner. Like yes. they, we are born into it, and there is no denying it. They yeah. lie, they cheat, they they just naturally look out for themselves. Yeah. Um, and it is so funny to see, even from an early age, how much kids need the gospel. Yeah, and you think your kids are so perfect until they start to form their own opinions yes. and they start to throw tantrums when they don't get their way. Yeah. Um, and then it, and then I see myself in them when they mm. do that. I'm like, oh, I guess hey, I'm the oh, same the way. Word. I'm just 45. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Definitely. Hey, so um, we're going to, you know, stay on the subject of your uh, adorably cute daughter. Uh, by the way, I saw on Instagram, she's wearing a ponytail now, right? Oh, she is oh. wearing a ponytail. It makes me... Break my heart. It makes me... Uh, f- what's the word? Spoon? Not spoon. Swoon? But swoon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me... It makes me want a spoon. <laughs> Not my daughter, my wife. It makes me swoon, but it also makes me terrified because she's growing up. Yeah. She's oh, growing God. up. Yes. Shari's cracking up right now. I, I almost snorted. <laughs> so you know, your, your daughter is cute. She's very tender. I, I love watching your Insta story when she's just prancing around, dancing around the house. Yeah. I don't have a daughter. I do have a wife, but I'd love for you guys to just talk for a minute about the hopes and dreams you have for her Mm. because she is an unspoiled, naive, innocent little girl um, who is going to grow up in a world filled with so many challenges. Mm. What are some of the things that you hope for her the most right now? Just talk about that for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, it's kind of funny. I, so I remember the day I found out that she was a girl in my womb, um, I just came home and was reading some scripture and I really felt like the Lord gave me four words for her to pray over her. And so I started, it was at 15 weeks. I think we mentioned these last pregnant. time a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, I just, I, there are four words that we've prayed over her every single day um, since she was 15 weeks old. And that is for her to be strong, brave, loving, and kind. And I feel like each of those words are very specific. Mm-hmm. Um they, they each, for me, um, they each had their own special reasons. So for her to be, you know, a strong woman who's not afraid to say no when other people are saying yes, and a strong woman who's also able to say yes when other people are saying no. And, and it takes bravery to say yes when people are saying no. And it takes bravery to be who God made you to be in the world today. Yeah, and, you were um, giving an example the other day. At the, was it the playground? Um, with the other little girls. Yeah. Yeah. She, well, it's just the idea of her saying no. I want her to learn. She's, she has the right to say no, mm-hmm. whether it's someone touching her and she doesn't want them to, or she's uncomfortable, but we, we were at the playground and these other little girls on the playground just grabbed her and put her in their lap. And they're like, what a cute baby. What a cute baby. And she said no. And she stood up and she ran away. And I was like, 
I'm, I'm so proud, you know. Yes. We're praying for that. We're praying for that. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, to ba- to also balance that, the strength and bravery with love and kindness, just knowing that um, you can you can make change and people will listen to you when you love them and when you're kind to them. And so that's something that, you know, yeah. we also pray for. And her. I want her to feel honored too. Yeah. And I want her to feel highly valued because we were talking the other day, as we're, you know, talking about this podcast. And I feel like when when people, you know, and even when people are talking about us having more kids and, and whatnot, and people will, some not everybody, but some will me- make the mention of, well, maybe this time you'll get your boy, you know? <laughs> and I think I understand what they mean, but I also, it makes me kind of buck up a little bit and be like, nah, like, right. I'm okay if I have all girls. And I actually consider it more of an honor these days, especially um, to be able to build up a woman and grow up a woman um, of high character that is strong and brave and loving and kind. And so I personally, deep down, I hope I have all girls just to (laughs) kind of, you know, be able to explain that to those individuals. But I don't care if I have a boy. Uh, But I I really, I, I consider it a high honor um, to, that the Lord would see fit that we, that I would be able to have the opportunity to raise up a world shaker in this world that is a woman. Um, and so, uh, yeah, those are just some things that we, yeah. we, we, we hope, hope for, and, yeah, and pray. Yeah. So, um, Zach, this is kind of a funny question mm-hmm. because I've talked to a lot of, um, fathers of girls and we talk about, you know, when that guy comes home <laughs> and she likes him, <laughs> what yeah. are you going to say to a guy? What do you, you know, he walks in and you're like, this is my baby. Yeah. So well, just let, let's just talk <laughs> about that moment. She just walks through the door. You're staying there. You're looking at him and her. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. The Holy Spirit was, was going to need to be very strong, I think, on that day. <laughs> I, first of all, I already know everything about him. Thank you, um, Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. <laughs> who knows what it'll be by then, but I will have already done my recon um, about this individual. Not in a way that, that she might not. She, I won't tell her that, but I will find, know everything about him. Um, and I don't want him to, I don't necessarily want there to be fear. You know, I don't want to. Because some guys will say, I'll, I'm going to get my shotgun and all that stuff. And I I'm, I don't want to do that per se. Well, I should take that back. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think what I'll do is I, I will have a conversation with him. Maybe together. Maybe just me and him, man to man, where I'll talk about what a treasure she is, you know, to us and, and to me. And I hope that everything he says and does with her um, only you know, attributes and backs up the fact that she is a treasure Mm. and I'll make sure that he understands that again, not in a fearful way. You know, I I will like, I mean, I hope that Evie is a woman that is a catch and is a woman to be a a prize for somebody. So I'll congratulate him that my daughter uh, sees fit to go on a date with this, with this guy. And so I will already know that this guy hopefully by the grace of the lord is of somebody of noble character because i hope my hope and prayers and my daughter would only want to be with somebody like that anyway so i'll congratulate him i'll you know i'll i'll want to get to know him maybe we'll go on a group date first though yeah maybe exactly. <laughs> it'll be exactly. a family uh i've actually heard y'all do that before y'all y'all have invited like a mm-hmm. whole family i love not that. to put that girl out there <laughs> no she's well, to she's, yeah no, we, we did. We had a family come over. They were just friends. It was a girl that Jacob uh, was friends with, and their family came over. And we felt like that was sort of a test run yeah. for when that. he would be old enough to mm-hmm. date, um, that we would have the family come over. And we just hope that our boys will know the right kind of girl to, you know, you can't really pick who you're attracted to, mm-hmm. yeah. but you can pick the right, you can pick who you pursue. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we're hoping. And yeah. so, you know, that's, that's kind of a question regarding how you hope a guy will treat her. Um, Ashley, what, what do you hope when you look at your daughter, what do you hope the, how do you hope the world will treat her? Mm. So when she grows up and becomes a young lady and she's already very beautiful, she's, um, got a lot of spirit and you can see Mm -hmm. that just from watching the Instagram (laughs) Mm -hmm. story, but there are so many things changing in our, in our world right now, in our culture. And in some ways, I feel like women are getting a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, the Me Too movement is just one of many, many examples. What do, what kind of world do you hope? Because I've heard people say this, 
to some friends of ours who got married when we first got married, they, they literally said, we don't want to bring a child into this world. Mm. And so they both, the male and the female had surgery, so they could not have a child. Wow. wow. And that broke our heart. Now yeah. that's their decision. But for, for us who wanted to have a family, uh, we just decided we're not going to curse the darkness. We're going to shine a light. Mm-hmm. So you're obviously raising a young, a young lady to be empowered and to be courageous. But what is, what is the hope that you have for the kind of world she'll mm-hmm. grow up in? Yeah, that's so good. I think well, the words that come to my mind are dignity and respect and honor and value. That that's what I want her to experience in the world. But I want her to be and feel valued, not in spite of being a woman, but because she's a woman. I want her mm-hmm. to, I don't want her to feel like she has to, um, take on characteristics of a man so that she'll be respected. But I want her to be able to be very much herself and a woman of God and to, um, walk and talk and live freely with whatever that role encompasses in that point in time when she's, you know, an adult and has, um, or even as a teenager, as a, as a girl, just with a voice that, um, she's valued because she's a woman, um, not just in spite of it. I think that's what I would love and for her to not live in fear that she's less than mm-hmm. that's I, 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 I want I don't I don't want her to operate in fear um, or in shame yeah at all um, yeah I think that um, we just saw Black Panther you guys did too yeah. right I just, I just came I, from I haven't seen oh. it yet I, I took some of my okay, neighbor kids wait. we've been talking about it for months man it was so good we should go on a double date because Ashley hasn't seen it yet I would yet. love and it I want to see it twice I would yes. love it I would love to see it twice as well as we were uh, discussing it Clayton and I we I think we were walking out and he said you said to me the one thing that I was impressed in, of in this movie is there are so many African American people sitting in this theater more yeah. than more than we had normally seen, yeah. Yeah. which we were encouraged by. I love that. By the yeah. way, I just want to clarify that, and I loved that they were that there was such a big audience of African American people. But I think the the thing that I was impressed with the most is that. Um, it's, a, it's what we're t- talking about. It's feeling valued, mm-hmm. yeah. feeling represented yeah. by a culture that has been predominantly um, run by the white men, right. really. Right. And and women too, but, but really more men oh, because yeah. Yeah. women, um, even as early as, as late as the 16th, 16th or seventeenth century. I'm so bad at doing the century thing, but 1600s, when the Mayflower came over and all the colonies were coming over, some men actually purchased their wives. Mm. I yeah. read that in history the other day with Jacob, and I was just horrified that yeah. you, that men were buying their wives. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. just insane. And so I think that we have a culture that is supposed to be have a variety of people who all feel valued. And yet that's hard in a sinful world. And so I think walking out for me, I've had the same feeling that Clayton had. Just there are people in this country who want to feel valued because of who they are, Mm. not in spite of who they are. Like you just said, Ash. And so I think that as Christians in our culture, that is one ministry that we can Mm. have. Yeah. And that is one ministry I believe that you guys have as Hope Town is helping people feel their value. Yeah. So as we're talking about that, um, Zach, would you tell us what one of the biggest issues that you feel like women who come to you, who need counseling, who want to overcome, who want to find their value, what is one of the biggest struggles that they have? We went to a counselor one time and, and Ashley was, uh, uh, I forget what you were struggling with at the time. I was expressing. Tell everybody what you're struggling with. Sure. <laughs> hey, we're, you know, Hopetown. We're all about yeah. transparency. And, yes, vulnerability. Yeah. Um, I was struggling with some anxiety and some fear um, really shortly after we moved here. Yeah. And so we went to we went to this female counselor who yeah. was recommended to us. Um, and it just didn't go well. At all, we Zach and I both left the room and immediately said, "I don't agree with what she said to us." And, um, and that was, and and it was that 
I was experiencing fear and anxiety because I wasn't under my husband's covering. I wasn't, you know, correctly. Um, like submitting to him in a proper way? Yeah, yeah. but she, wow. she used the word, un, you know, you are not in the correct position under his covering. Yeah, meaning I wasn't being submissive. And it was just, well, number one, I think something that we've learned in Zach's counseling experience is if your counselor talks more than you do, that's probably <laughs> a bad sign yeah. Yeah. Um, if they are not listening to you. I would agree with that even as a pastor. Yeah, yeah. true. Definitely. And a just friend. in general, as a friend, as a, as friend, a conversation, right. when you're not listening, you're not really hearing someone if you are talking more than they are. Mm-hmm. So that was my number one problem with her. Um, but my second was that, so if my fear and anxiety was a result of that I wasn't in correct submission to my husband, then, you know, does a single woman experience fear and anxiety because she's not submitting no to a man? Right. Yeah, or you know. Divorce, you know. So, um, it was. It was problematic, it was and that bad. to me is like a form, like, like for anybody that does maybe have a misconception of and does view uh, their struggles in that way, that maybe that's a cause of it. And maybe their their husband or even the church in general. I think we just have to be careful because I, I worry sometimes that we're teaching these these subtle forms of abuse mm-hmm. um, that aren't. Again, what is abuse is you know when somebody is being you know is lording over someone else and taking value and and harming someone else. And I, I wonder sometimes if the stuff that we teach and the stuff that we believe is just just subtle forms of abuse. Like if somebody mm-hmm. believes that, like I've me personally, again, I, and we can agree to disagree, uh, you know, on, on certain things, and I'm fine with that. Um, if their interpretation of something's different than ours, I'm completely okay with that. But for me as a counselor, I see, again, I, when I counsel men and women, but in this case, when I counsel women that maybe come from that type of background, which in the South, that actually is more prevalent, mm-hmm. um, I see it as in a healthy thing. I see that woman um, not feeling empowered, not feeling like she has a voice, and feeling lost um, yeah. as a result. Like being under that covering. If you're married to a husband who covers you, you're safer than a woman who doesn't have a husband right. and is trying to live out life, which isn't biblical because right. actually our strength comes from God. the Lord. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Primarily. Exactly. And so I think that somehow in our world, sometimes we take theology and we stretch it to places that mm. it doesn't belong. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and even in the whole idea of women being the weaker vessel, there is a, there, there's a truth to the physicality of that in a way, although there are some, um, women athletes that would oh. be far superior yeah. to some of the men I know. Lindsay Vaughn. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think that the, the idea of that overall being weaker. So let's define weak because I know some women who are not standouts, if that's what you're talking about. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think we define strong as, as being a standout person. Right. But I know women who have endured way more persecution mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. serve the Lord in such humility, which I think actually requires a lot of strength. Right. Yes. How much strength does it take for a woman to say, I'm going to stay at home mm-hmm. because it's the best thing for my family and I'm going to serve my kids, even though it feels demeaning, I'm going to do this because I love my family. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, that men don't do that too. Yeah. But I think that sometimes the role of a woman is def- the the way we define it as weak is not weak at all because right. the character traits it takes to live out that kind of life actually requires a lot of strength. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. We'll be back in a moment, but first, let's check in with Elizabeth Harper, our in-house beauty expert for some top trends and your daily dose of practical advice. Hey guys, I hope y'all are having a great day. This is Elizabeth with your tips and tricks. Today, I've stepped into the kitchen for you guys and put together a few of my favorite 30 minutes and under recipes. Now, these are those that have been pinned on Pinterest probably time and time again, but are sitting on your wall and you've never tried them. But guess what? I tried them for you and they are delicious. Um, So I've got in there five ingredient chicken chili. My, my recipe that I like to think that I created, somebody else may have really created this, but 
I think I did. Um, it is had the veggie spaghetti. This is a great way to get your kids to eat tons of vegetables and they seriously have no idea. It tastes so good. Um, spinach cilantro meatballs with avocado lime rice. Guys, delish. Unwrapped egg rolls or egg roll in a bowl. I don't know if y'all have had this one, but it is a must. Um, it'll help you get that Chinese food fix without all the junk. And guys, we all need pasta sometimes. I know if you're gluten-free, go buy some gluten-free pasta or do um, zoodles, veggie noodles, whatever. But please try my pasta carbonara. It is so delicious. And guys, like I said, 30 minutes and under. So if you've had a crazy day of running around, doing errands, picking the kids up from every lesson that you can imagine, you can come home, have a plan, know that it's going to be ready in less than 30 minutes usually, and you'll be ready to go. And your kids are going to thank you. It's going to be delicious. Make enough for leftovers. All right, guys, I hope you have a great week. Bye. You know, one other thing was you were talking about that, Shari. Um, I, there's a stereotype in our culture that women are, are the nurturers yeah. mm. and men are the providers. But I would say that it is just as important, if not more, to provide nurture than it is to provide you know, food, clothing, and shelter. Mm. Definitely. I also feel like men, and this is me as a guy, a very, uh, a very mature 45 year old, big guy, strong guy. I'm a man's man. I am. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned being married to my wife is that it, it is not a free pass for the husband and for the dad to say, well, because women are better at nurturing. I don't right. have to. Right. You, you mentioned this earlier, Zach and, and Ashley, I'd love to hear you guys talk about this a little bit, but you know, we have to be careful when we use the word abuse, because if everything is abuse, nothing is abuse. Mm-hmm. Right. So when mm-hmm. we talk about abuse, some of the subtle forms that you were mentioning earlier can happen when maybe even subtly men don't even realize they're doing it. If we assume that it's not our responsibility to ever be tender, kind, mm-hmm. gentle, loving, supportive, understanding, and patient, and we put all that off on the woman... First of all, we overload the woman with mm-hmm. way too much that we should be helping her yes. with, right. and we miss out. So yeah. our children and our wives are shortchanged if we don't ever develop nurture mm. as right. one of our characteristics, but we miss right. out. We right. as men, and, right. I, and I know this is primarily a female podcast, but I, my dad was a nurturer, hmm. and I learned that from watching him. And I'm going to tell you the greatest joys in my life of the last 15 years have been when Shari and I have been able to nurture our kids together. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to just take them squirrel hunting. Right. I don't want right. to just take them to ride four wheelers. <laughs> I want to sit with them and cry yeah. about what is hurting them and what mm. they're experiencing. And I've learned that watching Shari. Yeah. So I don't want her to be the only one in my marriage that nurtures our kids. Yeah. I want to be there with her because yeah. it brings me joy too. Yeah. You know? And I've That's watched good. y'all do that. That's and good. we've learned from y'all. Oh yeah. From you. I love how nurturing y'all's family is mm-hmm. and how physically affectionate. I love when the boys and I'm going to know I'm embarrassing you, Jacob and Jojo. <laughs> they but won't I, listen, don't I, I, I love when they cuddle up to you, Clayton, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and they just lay in like, like a mother in his bosom, you know, yeah. it doesn't, you hear about in, in mother's bosom or whatever. Like they do that with you. Mm-hmm. And, but I also love how sharp you bring instruction and typically in some of those environments, they also, the perception is that men bring the truth in, you know, whenever the man the, is the teacher. Yeah. 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 But no, like but I've seen Shari you teach your family very much as a teacher, you know, in your home. and I love how that's accepted and, um, how, how we've learned that from y'all as well. Yeah, um, for sure. Were you going to say anything? Um, I, I mean, I think for, for, when I think of, you know, when we're talking about the whole, abuse um, and, and using even submission as a way of lording mm-hmm. um, a, a position over a woman. You know, I think about Ephesians 5, and we were talking through this, about the idea of submission, if we're going to actually really take part of that scripture, is the idea of mutual submission. That in, you know, in a marriage, in a friendship, in any relationship that the Lord calls us to submit to one another and if we're going to get technical that a man is called to even more sacrificial submission mm-hmm. to a woman than than the woman is called to um for the man so you know just to to talk about the scriptural principle to back up kind of our our conversation but. i would agree yeah. with you when i read scripture i'm much more intimidated by the fact that um laying down your life as Christ laid down Seriously. his mm-hmm. for the church. I mean, that is what a man is called to do. Right. You're mm-hmm. that's giving your life. And yep. then it's like, 
and the woman should respect the man. Yeah. Which sounds <laughs> very trite in yeah. comparison. You lay down your mm-hmm. life and then you need to respect him. Right. But I think that what maybe our culture has gotten backwards is when you put you know, the head of the church, the man is strong, um, and then you forget laying down your life, mm. then sometimes that lording over the woman just comes naturally because the man sees himself as the strong, like, I have to lead this family. It's all about yeah. me. I have to do this. And it t- and the man takes on that burden. When the Lord actually created us to mutually submit and yep. to carry our families together, together. Mm-hmm. it's a ministry that we do together. Yep. Um, and so... When I think the natural, um, the way that the Lord made us, if the man is willing to lay down his life and submit himself to the service of laying down his life, then the woman will naturally respect the man and the children will naturally respect the man Mm -hmm. and lift him up way Mm -hmm. higher than he would be if he were trying to control and make that happen. So here's what I want to ask you guys, because let's get personal for a minute. I want to ask you, Ashley, how you feel like Zach um, builds you up. Mm. Like what are some ways that he builds you up in your family so that you feel respected as a woman? And then... When you're watching him with your daughter, what are some mm. ways that he treats her that you just melt yeah. when you're saying, oh, Put me on the I hot love seat. this. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the way that he builds me up, you know, we talk about value and I think that's that's a huge that's a huge way. So many, so many days I feel so divided in everything that I'm doing. I feel like I am doing a hundred different things and I don't know that I did any of them well. But for Zach to recognize something that I did to intentionally tell me, wow, babe, you, you did this. This is a lot. Wow. You know, is huge for me to feel valued. And Zach is, is amazing at that. And, um, I think he's also great at making me feel, um, loved and beautiful, um, as as a mom who's at home most of the time I don't always feel beautiful and I don't always feel you know like I did anything special but um he's really great um to to tell me it's easy to tell you yeah that you're beautiful but I think I think what I love is that you are so you are so open and free with your words yeah um to actually if you think something about me you say it out loud right even if it came out of left field um, mm-hmm. Zach, Zach says it to me and I love that. Yeah. So. This might be a, a good, um, I don't know if this has ever happened on your podcast before, but having you here, Zach mm-hmm. speak to all the current wives, future wives, current girlfriends. What are some ways that you as a husband, um, enjoy receiving love? from Ashley. Mm-hmm. I know this about you because you and I are so much alike. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before we come from the same hometown. Um, but I think this was something that Shari and I had to learn. It took us a long time. Mm-hmm. We're still students of each other. We're, we were not experts, but I think this might be helpful for the lady listening right now who either has a husband or may have a husband one day or is engaged or is dating or well, what are some ways that, that Ashley really touches your heart? You know, love languages, that's kind of the mm-hmm. typical yeah. phrase that we would use, but what, what are the ways that she makes you feel alive and loved and respected and you just make, she makes you feel like the champion of the world? Yeah. Yeah. I just, like, there's, um, there's no question in my mind that Ashley is for me and, and she does that in lots of different ways. Um, and one of those obvious ways she tells me she's for me. Um, I mean, we're, we've talked about Hopetown and I tell people all the time that this would not exist without her. Um, this is very much about her than it is about me. It's about us. And, and I really believe she's, she's all in with it and, and she, um, she wants it to succeed and she wants, she wants the best for me. And I know she, she believes in me and she says it, um, but I know also that she protects me and behind, I love it when she protects me with other people too. Like she'll, I've, I've, um, you know, caught in flack here and there at different times. Um, 
and she's always quick to my defense, like a lioness. Um, like, <laughs> I wish you could have seen Zach's face. He snarled his lips. She is. He's a lioness. She is. She is a lioness, dude. And I'll tell you right now. I'm five foot nothing. Yeah. Okay. But there are two things in this world. If you mess with my man. Yeah. And my daughter. Yeah. I'm probably going to come for you. Yeah. I'm just going to let you know. And I love Jesus. And I'm probably yeah. still going to come for you. She is. And I feel that. And I'm not I'm not going to do anything to get in the way, Ashley, because I'm very scared of you. But n- not really. Um, well, Zach, so, and Ash, let me ask you guys. Um, if you had, say, you know, a, I'm just going to throw them all out there. Say you have a single woman uh dating woman married whatever Mm. whatever stage in life and they're feeling unappreciated how can we this is not necessarily just a male thing how can we as the body of christ male or female minister to women in practical ways so if they're feeling overlooked if they're feeling burdened down you know i just think that there are a lot of women who struggle Mm -hmm. and they don't know they're struggling Mm -hmm. but what are some ways that we can help lift them up in a practical way yeah Mm -hmm. That's good. I think we specifically have a uh, a big burden for single women. Um, I just I have such honor and respect for single women, um, and I I mean specifically, you know, and when Paul talks about, he actually tells people, hey, you know, it's probably better that you don't get married. Um, I just think about the opportunity a single woman and a man for that matter have the they have the ability to have intense focus and availability and the gift of time and i just think that is amazing and i so i i have so much honor and respect for single women and i hate the the rap that sometimes you know a single person may get well when are you getting married and you know like who do you have your eye on right now? And just that that's so much of the conversation with a single person, but they, but that, that, um, that segment of our society, of our society, I just want them to feel so empowered and honored. So that, that's something we feel passionate about. What would you say to a single person who feels discouraged? And by Man. that, you know, everybody yeah. keeps asking me who I'm dating, who I'm going to marry, all yeah. that. What would you say to them? Yeah, I would just have a conversation about like, what is your thing? Like, what what has the Lord called you to right now? And like, go after it. Like, you have an amazing ability to do what I cannot do right now. Because, I mean, if we're honest, I can't, I don't have the ability to do much in my life right now because I am so divided. Mm-hmm. But the single person has the gift of focus and time, which I do not have mm-hmm. right now. Um, so, man, t- to empower them to what are those things God has called you to do and look at this incredible ability that you have to do We it. can empower them more to do it. Yeah. You know, we can give them more resources and not just look to the married folk or mm-hmm. wh- whoever it is. And I do think we've, we've written about this recently uh, – Obviously, there's 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 so much power and so much on display in the nuclear family unit, yeah. um, but well, I, and so much of our so much of who we are as the church is geared toward the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. You know that so many of our conversations are about the nuclear family. We can expand that. We can mm-hmm. we can make that conversation bigger. Yeah, because the family of God is much bigger, right? Yeah, right. Um, and so you know we we were we had the opportunity to do this this past year when we invited and I know y'all have invited so many different people into y'all's home mm-hmm. to live with y'all. Mm-hmm. I really would encourage people. You know, I, I I my hope is that we can more and more bring people. We can we can expand our sense of family. Um, into greater depths and, and, and a bigger reach yeah. where we can bring people in. Because for me, I think people want to feel like they belong. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, we had the opportunity to do that this past year. We invited Gabby. What's up, Gabby? Um, to come and, uh, you know, a young girl, single named Gabby to come live with us mm-hmm. and she became part of our family yeah. you know I think Abby I mean, thought we, she was her sister we <laughs> mourned uh, when yeah Gabby like but she left. belonged to our family she was right. a part of the Dixon family yeah. and still is and so I think not only say, not what we can say to them also but I think one of the biggest things that we can do is is adopt whatever you want to say like however you want to word it 
um, someone into and literally into your family what you do. I know y'all are doing that with Quan actually right, right. now. Mm. What's up, Quan? Awesome. Um, I know he listens to this because yeah. he told me. <laughs> um, and so, but I love that though. You know, so probably one of the one big struggle for a single person is to feel like they're they're not part of something. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. A married. So let's talk to the married woman who feels like she's lost because she isn't appreciated at home. I know mm. that you said that that's one of the biggest things that married women struggle with yeah. if you, if they come to you, mm-hmm. that they feel like they're not appreciated um, and that they're lost at home. How can we, as the church, minister to them? So if you're, if you're, if you're sitting in front of someone and you're saying, we've got to minister to the married woman at home, this is what we need to do, dot, 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 what would it be, Zach? Man, big question. Mm. Um... Or Ashley, I mean, you're because yeah, you're in I that am world. A married woman at home. Yeah, you're a married woman at home. Well, I mean, both of you guys probably have some insight on that. And yeah, I think I'm talking a little bit more about not someone who doesn't have a Zach, right? Right. You no. Know, yep. Who mm-hmm. appreciates and loves Definitely. them. Yeah. How can we help that woman who feels like she's so alone and she mm. can't, she doesn't feel like she could tell anybody because she doesn't want to disrespect her husband? What yeah. do, What does yeah. she do? Yeah. Man, that's. Uh, I don't know what you're going to say, honey, but I just feel like that woman has got to have, has got to have space to be able to number one, voice that somehow, some way, if it is a professional counselor, if it's a trusted mentor, um, there's no way, you know, I can speak to this season because I'm in it, but man, the Lord has taught me I can't do it alone. I, I am at home and I am, you know, running the ship for my family, but I'm not meant to do it by myself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, th- yeah. Yeah. People are so afraid of, of being seen and being found out. But I would also tell that woman, because I know she don't want to disrespect her husband. Um, so, like, if I'm in therapy with a woman, I'm working towards the goal is to get him in the session eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it may take some time to do that. So I'm trying to normalize the exposure, you know, and realize that, hey, this thing is about to be seen and found out. Yeah. You know, you're crumbling, you're falling, you know, you're dying inside um, because of this situation that's happening. So the best thing, I know it seems counterintuitive, is for y'all to be found out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so let's, in in my mind at least, and I even tell that if it's a woman uh, or if it's a man up, up front, I would love to eventually get to the place where you're both in here. Um, and so, you know, I, that's why I would, I would encourage that woman to, to let people in. To let and, it, and it doesn't have to be to your group of girlfriends. It probably shouldn't be to your group of five other moms that you talk about how your husband doesn't support you. Doesn't, you know, that's probably yeah. not the and right. And I would have even too, I would have to make sure that that woman is actually speaking this to the man, mm-hmm. giving him an opportunity. Let's just see that maybe he's not, maybe he's not there. Maybe his maturity level, his character's not there, but let's, but maybe he's unaware. Maybe yeah. he's unaware. Yeah. Maybe he's unaware and you give him a chance, um, and an opportunity to step up and to see, um, what's going on and to apologize. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I was counseling just, just recently, uh, teaching, you know, this couple to how to handle conflict and one of the acronyms, I won't spell it, I won't say it, but, um, you'll, you'll know what it spells, but, uh, to, to don't be a blank, um, is you gotta, uh, ask, uh, stay, and and stay silent listen mm-hmm. um and that'll help you not be a you know yeah like, and so, <laughs> thank you um sorry i don't yeah. know it was pg-13 no, podcast <laughs> um but i just I, I think it's again i just i was but i was teaching them just the because so many people don't know how to communicate mm-hmm. and communication is so key and what i see in women um it is clear to me that there is there's the communication process structure has broken down mm-hmm. um there's not honesty there's not vulnerability there's not transparency and so i would encourage that woman one we all got problems we got issues we talk every i say i'm sorry to my wife every single day mm-hmm. um at some point i think uh over something i said or something i didn't do right or did did do or didn't do um and so I, I would try to normalize that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also encourage her to maybe give him an opportunity. Yeah. And, and if he doesn't receive it, she still has to start to let other people in on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that um, when, so I'm just, I just 
feel like I can hear a lot of these feelings that you're talking about inside of me because I held abuse in for so long. Yeah. I think the reason that you hold something in and don't tell anyone is because you're afraid that when it comes out, your whole life yep. is going to mm. fall apart. That's right. But I do believe that when you can actually speak it out loud, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you've conquered, you've yep. conquered something inside oh, that it. you are so afraid of. You've, that's it. You've been hiding it because you feel like your life is going to fall apart. But yep. once it comes out, it falls apart for just a little while. But then you start heat. That's yeah. when you get to start healing. That's mm-hmm. right. And so if you can actually speak it out loud, it you give yourself victory over that thing that's been tormenting you. So I know that. It doesn't have to be an abusive situation where it's like sexual abuse or anything no. else. It can just be something you have held in and right. resentment that you are afraid to speak because you're afraid of what will happen once you do. Yeah. Right. And I think that if you can speak something out loud, you're giving yourself life and you're giving the person that you're speaking it to an opportunity to come with you and fix that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so if you can be brave enough to speak yeah. it out, mm. then you can start the problem solving process. But until right. you actually do that you're stuck yeah and people are afraid of conflict i think that is like people yes. just like and, and and we'll notice like we'll be having a tough conversation and ashley will like we're having a tough conversation with other people i can feel her like energy and like i'm the, so afraid of conflict yeah so you know and me it. and my, my line of work i eat it for breakfast and yeah. so and he but, stresses me out I just that he is so, so okay with it. But I, Clayton's I, I, good with conflict, and <laughs> Clayton's I used great to avoid it. it so much that I blamed myself because right. I didn't even want to go there. I yeah. would say, "Oh, it's just my fault. Never mind. It's just me. I'm weird." Yep. You know. And I say this all the time that conflict leads. The only way to have peace is is, is to go through conflict. Yeah. Um, and so I think that is the, the what you were saying the speaking it out, and while it may uh, create uncomfortableness and conflict in, in the moment. I eventually believe, and you've experienced this firsthand, is that it leads to peace. Mm. It can lead to peace. And so that's why I'm not afraid of of starting tough conversations. And every now and then, even on social media, I'll, I'll post something knowing that, um, you know, on Facebook or something. But my intention is not to, like... Uh, to 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 stir things up or to to um to just mess with people or to be malicious is because I know deep down if we want to find peace, we gotta have some conflict. We gotta have some disagreement. We gotta have some things be exposed and things be brought into the light. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that, the only way to have that peace is to is to to be honest, to be transparent, and to to walk head on into that conflict. Yep, I agree with you, and I think that that's true. We're trying to talk about all stages of life. Um, You know, if there's a divorced woman that Mm -hmm. feels like the shame of divorce has just held her back from being in church Mm. and from feeling loved or feeling like she's part of the body of Christ, that's something she needs to speak out to someone Mm -hmm. who's safe so that that safe person can bring her in. I think that um, people who are divorced can feel a shame from the church that we haven't addressed very well because Mm -hmm. they feel um, second rate and like something that happened in their life will never let them be everything that they could have been at one point in the body of Christ. And I think that's a shameful thing that has Mm -hmm. happened and it should not be a shame that is placed on them that they wear around, you know, like a scarlet letter. Let's get that scarlet letter off and Mm -hmm. let them open up about their feelings so that we can affirm them and say, come back to the body of That's Christ because right. you belong. Um, and they're going to be, if we empower those people, obviously the, the divorce rates in America are extremely high. Like they can reach a minister to a person that yep. we will never be able to reach a minister mm-hmm. to. Yep. And so we're, we're hurting ourselves by not ministering and loving on um, and removing the shame right. from these yeah. individuals. So that, if but, they're leaving the church and they're not coming back, then right. we've lost We've lost a child of God mm-hmm. to a issue of shame and guilt right. when they could be in the church healing and then helping other people exactly. who have experienced the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I know, I had a conversation with someone the other day and they said, I will always feel this way hmm. because this happened. Yeah, I will just always feel this way. Mm-hmm. And I, when I heard it, it was somebody who I love very much. When I heard it, I just cringed because I know that feeling. Yeah, but I know that that's not true, mm-hmm. and I know that that God is a God of overcoming. Mm-hmm. He defeated death and He defeated sin 
on the cross. And that's why he did that. And so if we tell ourselves we will always be this way, when we are joined to a God who cha- who is like the king of change and the yeah. king of restoration and the king of redemption, that's who he is. Yeah. And so if our identity as Christians needs to be transitioned from one where we're dying to one where we're living, we don't need to say things like, I will always be like yeah. this. We have to somehow open, like take the ribbon off that or not ribbon off of a present. I was that's a terrible Bail. illustration. But the lock maybe off of the mm-hmm. box where we've imprisoned ourselves mm-hmm. and let the Lord show us that that's a lie. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it really is seriously a lie. Yeah, it's a bull face lie. We need to have you guys back on and talk about conflict. I feel like we could yeah. do an entire episode. Seriously. Because um, that's not a, a woman thing. It's not a man thing. That's a human thing. Yeah, definitely. There are some people that are wired for conflict. There are a few that even create it. But I think most people try their best to avoid it because definitely. it just feels so mm-hmm. uncomfortable. But we're out of time. So let me tell you guys how you can get in touch with Zach and Ashley. Uh, they are in this great, great space in life with a little girl and uh, working and doing ministry. And they've started a brand new company. It's a ministry. Mm-hmm. It's called Hope Town. This is their website. Are you ready for it? Um, because you could get some good resources here. And Zach, you also do some online counseling as yeah, well, correct? Yeah, online, in person. Our offices are here in Anderson. Um and we do online counseling as well. So their website is thisishopetown.com. Thisishopetown.com. And you can follow them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and MySpace. Just kidding about MySpace. <laughs> Hopetown LLC. That stands for Limited Liability Corporation, in case you care. Hopetown <laughs> LLC. That's that's their social media mm-hmm. handle. But check these guys out. Thisishopetown.com. Uh, they are just I'm going to tell you what, guys, on behalf of Shari and I, I mean, we're sharing a mic. That's why I'm talking right now because we have to move it back and forth. But, <laughs> um, there's just nobody we love more or trust more than you guys. Man. Y'all are so important to the kingdom of God. You're important to our church. You're important to our ministry here at CKM. And you're important to us. Mm. You wow. guys are great. That Thank you for the way you live Gosh, your life. That means so much. Yeah. Coming from y'all. <laughs> Well, thanks, Shari, for letting me be your little co-host today. I hope I did good. You did great. And Zach and Ash, you did amazing. So uh, I just want to thank you listeners for being on with us today. I hope that we've given you something to overcome your Monday. Um, My goal today was to try to make you aware of the challenges that women face and to give you practical ways to recognize and reach out to each other, to hurting women. And and I believe we've done that, guys. Cheers for us. So anyway, um, we hope that we've given you something to overcome your Monday and we will uh, talk to you next time. Peace out. Thanks for tuning into episode 10 of Overcoming Monday. Be sure to share us with your friends and follow Shari on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at ShariKane99. And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, check out her blog at ShariKane.com. Also, we have an amazing opportunity for you to win some fun prizes. At the end of each season, we will be giving away goodies from today's Tips with Elizabeth, as well as items from each of our guests. Make sure to watch Shari's social media for more information on how to enter. Thanks for listening again, and we will be back with you on May 5th for the beginning of Season 3. We will be talking to some young and fun 20 and 30-somethings about how they're making a difference in the Kingdom of God. You don't want to miss it.